All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of What's What VR. We have a special guest, Stephanie Cargow, with us from Exxon, the big partner in the backyard that nobody seems to know all the details on. We're going to try to pull some of the pull some of the mystery out of it. How are you, Stephanie? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We appreciate what you guys do. I know a little bit of it. We've talked a little bit before, but um, let's uh, jump in. I guess, you know, for, you know, everybody knows, I think they know where Exxon is. And I think they think gasoline and then it's this big black hole and they pass it back and forth to the airport. But Right, the, right. You know, how do we tie this down, you know, real world? Like, how does it touch, you know, people listening's lives other than Absolutely. the gas? <laughs> Great question. Yeah. So I, I grew up here in Baton Rouge and um, always saw the skyline of ExxonMobil and wondered, you know, what was happening there? Um, so we, we actually are a refinery and several chemical plant facilities. And those are all connected. Um, they're right there in that kind of North Baton Rouge area, north of the state capital. So the, the refinery came here in 1909. And at that time, Standard Oil was looking for the best place to put a refinery in our state. And they chose the Mississippi River and that location because it was really at the highest point on the river. So if you think about Southern University is on those high bluffs. Um, this was just before that. And back then it was just cotton fields. So that's where they chose to site their first refinery. It also had great access to pipeline and rail at the time. So really a lot of very interesting history. They built the first refinery with mules and, uh, you know, pushing the plows. And we have lots of pictures from that, actually. So great history. And through the years, it's become really this world scale petrochemical complex. So our refinery is connected to a chemical plant and that gives us a great competitive advantage. We share molecules back and forth and really can create all kinds of products to help the world. You know, that they are being sent via ship on the Mississippi River and the ocean, pipeline and rail and truck um, to customers all over the U.S. and the world. Our refinery, as you might imagine, makes gasoline and diesel and jet fuel. So it's been really challenged in 2020 because, as you all know, we have not been doing a lot of driving or traveling. So lots of folks have been at home. So those mm -hmm. transportation products have not been in great demand. And that's been a challenge to our business. Our, our chemical plant facility makes every chemical product in ExxonMobil's portfolio. So it's a very important asset to the company. And they make all kinds of end products that you use every day. Um, lots of different things that go into your car and are doing a, a lot of work right now on those lightweight plastics so that cars can actually become more fuel efficient. And we're seeing a big demand in Asia Pacific in that region as folks start to buy their first car um, become much more mobile and, and really want fuel efficient, smaller vehicles. Um, we also have a polyolefins and plastics plant up on Highway 61 and 19, and those facilities are connected also. So, you know, feeding um, feedstock back and forth. And those facilities are making a whole variety of end products that go into food packaging, um, the rubber, synthetic rubber that you have on your car's tires, on your bike's tires, um, on the bottoms of your running shoes. So 
really just things that you use every day. And wow. I guess one of my favorite things, I have to share this, Brandon, and then I'll let you talk for a minute. Um, yeah. the, our refinery is, is one of the few in the U.S. that makes food-grade wax. So that wax goes into your candle, uh, your Crayola crayon, and into um, lipstick, chapstick, some of those cosmetics. Never in my life would have guessed, you know, the wax. And so that's, I think a lot of people just think fuel because it's this, you know, it's this big, you know, industry. It's this big, you know, facility and you see the gas station down the street and you think, but one thing, you know, make sure everybody, you know, knows, you know, not to beat the horse, but, you know, this is not just a regional supplier. You guys are making this stuff, I guess you mentioned, shipping all across the world. This is happening, you know, right here in our backyard in Baton Rouge. And so right. with that, you know, I, I was shocked when you said 1909. I had no idea it went back that far. And so yeah. 112 years. That is a incredible long time. I can't imagine. But I think right now, though, one of the things we were talking about 112 years, we've got another big investment that just is about right. to be made right here in Baton Rouge that I think people maybe, you know, heard a little bit and then they, it kind of just, how does this affect me? What is the point? You know, but tell me what's going on there. Right. So yeah, we, we have a really nice opportunity at our refinery right now. And um, while that business has been challenged in 2020, it becomes even more important to make sure that that facility has state-of-the-art technology and is modernized and competitive. Um, so that facility, the refinery, has what we're calling the Baton Rouge Refinery Integrated Competitiveness Project. We call it BRIC because it is a foundational project to ensuring that our refinery stays competitive and really on that global scale. So this project would bring in new technology, new equipment, um, really upgrade a lot of our units so that we become, can become much more flexible in our ability to process different crudes from all different locations around the US and even outside of the US. Uh, so this is something our other refineries in Baytown and Beaumont They've already gotten similar investments, so we want to make sure that Baton Rouge stays uh, abreast of that new technology and that we have state-of-the-art equipment here. Uh, the project also provides us with a little bit more space um, to bring in larger ships on our dock on the Mississippi River, and that's really crucial so that we can get shipments out and around the world and, again, have flexibility to meet those market demands and, and the market changes, as you know, anybody knows that um, is in sales, you gotta, you gotta be able to adjust very quickly and very cost effectively to meet different market needs. And uh, this energy market right now is in, in a change and flux. So we want our refinery to be positioned to change with the energy market. And that's gonna benefit, you know, that's, an incredible amount of, you know, money to invest in time and resource, but that's people, but that's local people here in Baton Rouge, you know, working that's into the, that's dollars going into the economy that turn and move. So it's a big win, you know, for everybody it's here. A huge win. And, and, you know, I think the most important thing to me is a Baton Rouge native um, to all of us that 
that live here is we want to keep our, our children, um, our employees here in Louisiana. And jobs will follow investment really for any company, right? And so the more we can bring investment here, the more that we can retain those good, high paying quality jobs. So we're doing a lot right now in the space of workforce development with people in the North Baton Rouge community and in the greater Baton Rouge community. And we want to be able to, to hire and, and keep those jobs here, not send them off to Texas or other places. Yeah, no, that's Baton Rouge. I think everybody knows somebody who works in industry. It's you just kind of grow up around it. You know, I'm from here as well. And so to keep people here, I think is extremely important. I think people want to stay, but to, you know, lose people off to, you know, Texas and then, going, I've seen, heard people going all the way up to Alaska and different things like that to where if we can keep that talent here, it, again, it's dollars turning in the economy, you know, locally. Right. Here. Yeah. And this, this particular investment opportunity would, um, if it's approved, our, our company is, is looking at um, March, the end of March to make a final investment decision. But this project would allow us to bring about 600 contractors on site every year for about three years to actually construct the new facilities. Um, so that's big, you know, big impetus for our local economy, just bringing that construction workforce on site. Um, and then also gives us the ability to help retain our jobs. We have about 1300 employees right now at the refinery and we want to keep those jobs here. But it allows us to also do some targeted hiring. So we're going to have hiring programs continuing um, for the refinery and the chemical plant, especially in our operations workforce. And we have made a commitment with this investment. If it's approved, we would allow our North Baton Rouge Industrial Training Initiative to be the one to generate employee jobs for this investment. And Brandon, I don't know if you've heard about that initiative, but that is a, a special program focused on North Baton Rouge. No, I haven't. So yeah. how does that work? So that, that program um, is, is really one of my favorite things that ExxonMobil does in the community. In 2012, our refinery manager at the time wanted to find a way to connect our near neighbors in North Baton Rouge with jobs and industry. And oftentimes people just don't know the pathway to, to get into some of our facilities here in Louisiana. And so we worked with the Baton Rouge Community College's Acadian campus. We wanted the campus to be in North Baton Rouge and the folks at BRCC were great. They helped us create a very unique, fast-tracked, free training program so that we could certify individuals in North Baton Rouge with um, pipe fitting, welding, electrical craft certification. And that would allow them to go get jobs with not just ExxonMobil, but also with some of our partners, including Turner Industries, um, ICS, Performance, you know, some of those mm -hmm. big contractor firms that we know are always hiring. So we now have this program. Um, we're in our seventh class. We have graduated more than 300 students from this training initiative and ExxonMobil started in 2020 at hiring wage interns. So we took graduates, selected interns and let them go through a, a six month internship 
in that operation space and then converted them to employees. So we're planning wow. to do that, especially for this investment opportunity. If we, if we can get it and it's approved in March, we'll be doing, um, you know, providing the specific opportunities for graduates. That's, that's really cool. Actually, and it's ironic because I had a conversation with somebody yesterday and they were saying that they didn't, I said the same thing. I said, for everybody knows somebody in the industry. And he was like, well, I actually don't know anybody. And I was like, oh, well, I can probably introduce you to a couple of people. I know some people because he was saying, I want to go, I want to go get a job working at the plant. You know, that's everybody has, you know, most people say that, like I said, everybody knows somebody. And he was like, well, he's like, it's not like a regular place. I don't know where I can't go just like walk up to the front right. and be like, you have a job application. You know, I can get, right. I can't go walk in the gate. So that's, a, that's a neat way to do it. I like that. Yeah. Great. So, way. Yeah. The, and, and, you know, the other thing that our, our refinery manager and um, our procurement team, they have made a, another big commitment with this investment. And that is to really provide um, opportunities to local businesses. So there is a big effort underway right now with procurement as they determine who those contractor firms will be, the suppliers, vendors, restaurants, um, marketing firms, uniform providers. I mean, you just kind of go down the list it's, um, to support this project. So um, It's funny you say that. I was talking with someone else from Exxon. Like Exxon's been in my world. I don't know why. It's in this ecosystem the last probably six weeks but i was talking to somebody and they were saying not even on this project that you were talking about but i was going to bring it up that they were saying how there is this kind of movement amongst exxon to start working with local or make it more accessible or let people know how to work with you know exxon that it's not right. just this like if i wanted to go you know sell widgets to exxon that's like same thing i can't go knock on the front door and say hey i'd like to have a meeting it's they're trying to take down some of that and to specifically work with local, you know, companies here Absolutely. is what I was told. Absolutely. So. We're, we're trying to demystify the process and, and make it a little bit more simple for local businesses to have that opportunity. So um, actually next February 17th at 1130, and we have not announced this yet. So you're getting the scoop here, Brandon. Uh -oh. You're going to have a, a online informational session. So we'll be sitting out some things later this afternoon to really advertise the opportunity. And, and hopefully we'll have a lot of local businesses tuning in to listen to our procurement team talk about how do you register. Mm -hmm. um, we have a particular interest in supporting diverse businesses here locally and really some black owned businesses in North Baton Rouge as well, since that makes up the majority of our nearby neighbor community. So yeah, we're, we're gonna be doing yes. a lot of outreach working with Southern University, working with the Baton Rouge North Economic Development District, really trying to put out um, the, those kind of connector tentacles to make sure that we yeah. get all businesses involved. That's what well, I think that's, like you said, I think this project you were talking about, this is, if I was reading something somewhere, you know, it's was like 240, you know, million, you know, yeah, it's actually a lot more than it's, it's, um, we've been sharing that it's more than 240 million. Um, it's substantially more than that. So it's, it's a pretty large investment. And every one of the 600 guys has got to get lunch somewhere, you know, they've got to get, you know, PPE bought from somewhere, you know, those it's, 
not always, you know, buying a tanker full of, you know, gas or, you know, that kind of stuff. It's people don't realize just like it's completely, it's not a small business, but there's still, you know, somebody's got to clean the restrooms, exactly. you know? And so who owns that local, you know, janitorial, you know, company that maybe right. could come be a vendor, you know, with Exxon, it doesn't have to always be another huge company. And so I think it's the industrial supplier or, you know, equipment manufacturer, there, it's a small city. Um, you know, we, we've got, um, gosh, on any given day, you've got about 5,000 folks, contractors and employees out there. They need all kinds of services. Um, there, there's just so much opportunity for a really wide variety of businesses to become involved. So, so yeah, that, that's a big focus for us, um, not just for this investment opportunity, but really for all of our sites in the Baton Rouge area. So um, we're gonna be doing a lot of outreach. We'll have this seminar next week and then we're planning to do another one um, next quarter as well. So businesses can tune in and make those connections. We have to make sure to add me to the email that goes out today so I can block out my my time. Um, But no, I think that'd be, you know, awesome. Not only, you know, that, but I did want to point out uh, you had some environmental, some voluntary, you know, things that we're going to be changing and some commitments with this project, right? Right. Absolutely. Yes. So there are going to be um, a certain amount of units down and equipment down. And as our refinery leadership was looking at those units being down kind of once in a generation opportunity to do some improvements that are completely voluntary in the environmental space. And so Um, If approved, the project would also reduce our volatile organic compound, VOC emissions, by 10%. Mm -hmm. So that's um, pretty substantial over at the refinery. And, you know, it's it's something that's not regulated. It's it's not a legal requirement or anything. It's something that the, the site's doing as an extra, another extra bonus with this initiative. I had a call. It was really, honestly, if I was honest with, you know, myself, you and everybody watching, I had a call with a company the other day and we were talking about, you know, doing business and it was a third party and how we were going to be working. And, and literally, you know, one of the guys on the call, one of these other owners, you know, said, well, Hey, you know, we're going to need a vet, you know, this company out. And I was like, well, what do you mean? This was like, it was like kind of a joint venture project that we were going to work on for a third party. Right. And I was like, what do you talk about? He goes, well, we, our company, one of our core values is, you know, environment and how, you know, being responsible right. citizens, this, that. And I was like, I'm with you. Okay. And he was, and he goes, and we, if this client that we're talking about working with isn't, you know, of that same mindset, then we just choose not to work with people that way. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that's, you know, right. that's a pretty, you know, I, I respect your value and I agree with you, you know, we need to do these things, but it was interesting to kind of see that that was a, like he made it a point to go like, look, we have to check this box before we're willing to accept money, you know, from someone like that. So yeah, it's, no, it, it's that that's a um, an observation of you know our, in our industry and especially with our company, um, we're not going to be able to attract major investment to a site that's not an excellent operator. And that's one thing you'll always hear our plant managers say. You know, if we if we can't get it right on the safety front and on the environmental performance front, um, we're not going to be a candidate for future investment and in bringing projects here. So it um, being an excellent operator and responsible citizen and, and making those voluntary investments is very important to our company. 
I spoke to the former plant manager the other day, not of, you know, Exxon, but was talking to them about, you know, what's the, you know, what was, you know, day to day, you know, what were you, the way he described it to me was, we're not worried about, you know, the chemical problems and the production stuff. He's like, we've got all that. It's about safety. It's about, you know, environment and making sure that we're good neighbors, you know, to those around us, because all that other stuff, we can solve those problems. We got smart people in the rooms. That's easy. You know, we need more production. We build more production, you know, we can do that, but we have to do it safely. We have to, you know, be environmentally responsible and we have to be, you know, good stewards to our neighbors and our community. He's like, because if that turns, you know, you don't have that community support, people don't want to come work for you. People don't make it easy. So it's very, you know, it's awesome to see the programs you're building, you know, with this job training and, you know, opening up the doors to say, hey, we want to do business with you locally. You want to sell Exxon toilet paper, get on a call. (laughs) You know, you might have an option. Right. Yeah. I mean, our community gives us a license to operate. And so we realize that we recognize that. And so we have, we have to be very transparent in our communications. Um, and we also have to figure out ways to bring direct value. So when we have an investment opportunity, you know, it, it's important to not only bring that tax revenue, that um, jobs, but to also provide programs that can benefit folks that live right here in Baton Rouge and directly, right? So we want everyone to feel mm. the benefits of investment. No, no, and I think it's, you know, that investment that gets made, that trickles all the way down, everything to, you know, property taxes and lo- local right. government picking up, you know, even all the way down, like you can break this all the way down to, you know, like the sheriff's office gets X number of dollars more if we yes, can do we this, can. you know, it's, it's a big deal, you know, I think. And yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, folks don't realize, but the city can start to collect sales tax as soon as construction begins. And so hopefully if we can get this project approved um, in March, then later this year, we would have the opportunity to start construction. And then the city would start to benefit from sales tax from that construction right away. So that's um, that's revenue coming in to our, our parish right off the bat. And then, you know, hopefully, um, once again, if we can get it approved, the property tax revenue over the life of this project would be around $40 million. And th- th- those funds, again, go to the city, go to sheriff, law enforcement, and go to our school system. So it's a big win for our mm-hmm. whole Wow. That's a lot of money. You know, that's, that's what we need, you know, here. That's what helps, you know, well, hopefully you got the right people in the right place dispersing it once they would get it and put it in the right places. But that's when people say, oh, we don't have money, you know, to give our teachers a raise. Well, maybe we do, you know, down the road. Who knows? But who knows who's making that decision once it gets into their hands? We'll let that leave that for another show and another day that I won't show up for. Um, <laughs> but... But no, it sounds like there's a lot, you know, more to Exxon than a lot of people probably know, you know, here and how you guys, you know, support everybody. Yeah, there, and we appreciate there's, a, there's a lot of cool things happening. Um, and, you know, we just appreciate you giving us time to talk about some of them. We have um, so many more stories to share and really neat things happening at our different facilities 
about three years ago, we were able to bring a very large investment to one of our chemical plants, our polyolefins plant. And that plant, Brandon, um, as part of their commitment, they reached out to local technology firms. So these are the firms in Baton Rouge that are doing the really cool work, like creating video game graphics and graphics for movies. And um, I actually partnered with them to create virtual reality training modules for that plant's mm. project. And so through that whole initiative, we have um, partnered with about eight different local IT firms and have started this kind of new partnership with a whole new tech industry in Baton Rouge and bringing together industry and technology has, has been just this huge area of economic development, um, not just for ExxonMobil, but for some of our, our partners and in industry as well. Um, and they are creating really neat virtual reality um, you can actually walk through a whole unit before it's actually installed in the site. And mm -hmm. that is a whole nother story I'd love to share with you one day because um, some of the local IT firms that are doing this work are, you know, much cooler than me. They're very, very <laughs> cool. Um, well, that's, I, I will say, you know, what was, I thought was really interesting was we had uh a couple of weeks ago, we had from Exxon, well, Jay Dow was his name, and then Rebecca, yeah. they came on the show. And if anybody didn't watch it, you should go back. I think you think of just, you know, you look at your background and you see how big Exxon Mobil is, and then you think just globally how big it was. And they were telling the story that how, you know, in the middle of the pandemic, they were making the isopropyl rubbing alcohol. alcohol yeah. yeah, that's just what I call it. I can't the hand sanitizer. Yeah. And then they started like a text thread you know, amongst yeah. themselves on like, hey, I was thinking if we connected this to that and we could do this, maybe right. we could actually start making some hand sanitizer, you know, because everybody needs it. And to me, that just seems, to me, it's an amazing story, you know, that it's like a text message. You know, normally you would think yeah. that'd be somebody in a boardroom so far removed that's going, hey, we can do this, you know, and then it's got to trickle down. But these were boots on the ground, guys turning valves and saying, if I go grab that pipe and bring it over here. Yeah. And he was telling me that at night they were just texting, you know, it was this group text yeah. and they yeah. figured it out. And then what the second one to me is almost just as much amazing. Once they figured it out, they brought it to the powers that be and they were like, yeah, do it. Yeah. You know, go for it. So I think that's, I hate, you know, I don't have my drink. So when I say the word pivot, I make it, you know, everybody's got to take a drink, but just to see a big company, do that quick of a pivot and a need and to be right in our own backyard, I think right. speaks not only to the company and the leadership, but also the people there, you know, the employees, you know, there as well. So. Yeah. We've got some brilliant folks and um, certainly, you know, 2020, I think unleashed creativity and innovation um, out of necessity in all of us. Right. And just to see some of the folks, like you're saying in the field, um, start making hand sanitizer within, the, within just a few weeks and then distributing it around the nation. Um, it was amazing. And it made me very proud to mm -hmm. see our employees do that right here on the ground. And I, I'll tell you, you know, we are bringing in folks to work at that site that you see in my background. Um, mm -hmm. They come in from all over the world to Baton Rouge. And I think that's one thing that sometimes we, we as Baton Rougeans forget that, 
it's also a great way to, to really increase the diversity of our community. Um, I have colleagues working right here that are from really virtually all over the world. Um, mm -hmm. and, and they're coming into Baton Rouge and staying here for years and adding to that kind of vibrant culture of our community, which is phenomenal. Uh, we want to try to keep them here as long as possible. Yeah, Turn the dollar, turn the dollar. <laughs> yeah, but you know, just brilliant people working out there and, and being very innovative right there, like you're saying, at their units on the ground. That's amazing. Well, well, I think A, we'd have to have you back to tell us, you know, when this decision gets made and tell us, yeah. you know, some of the finer points and details, but love to have you just come back every so often and just give us an update, you know, kind of what's going on. Cause I think it is, it's the, I'll make this, you know, this correlation and I've told them, you know, it's Exxon. It's like, they don't know. They drive past it and they don't know, you know, like what goes on inside of there. And I think if people can realize that it is, you know, an innovative company and there are investments being made, it's not just, you know, if you don't want to be a pipe fitter and you want to be a programmer, you know, there's, there's a spot there, you know, get right. out there, you know, see what you can do, see how you can help be innovative and people can learn a little bit more. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And, um, you know, let's, let's get through COVID and, um, we do do media tours. We'd love to have you, Brandon, to come tour the oh, site man. with other local media folks. Um, we bring in local elected officials and school groups. Um, COVID's kind of stopped all that for a little while, but hopefully yeah. we, we can start that up in the future. Yeah, I would love it. I'd love to have you I out. I would love it. Yeah, for well, sure. Well, I usually tell everybody there's you have more important people to talk to and things to do than me. So I appreciate the time, you know. It's been a today. highlight today. I've, I've loved it. So we'll definitely have you back. I'm going to hold you to the tour. I'm going to come walk it yeah. and uh, whenever we can do it. And um, look forward to having you back. And hopefully, if anybody's got any questions, they can send them over to us. They can go to the website and they can call me. Sounds email great. me we'll get everybody connected whatever we need to do so i appreciate you taking the time today thank you very much it's been awesome thank you talk soon okay.